If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. A vaccine whistleblower documents the suppression of data that showed a correlation between the MMR vaccine and autism. Here's uh, Dr. Wakefield starts the conversation to Thompson and says, is your press release real? That press release said that, you know, Thompson acknowledged that it was him on the the recordings and, and that he would be happy to work with people to determine whether autism and vaccines are related. So Thompson responds, yes. Wakefield, thank you. That was the right and honorable thing to do. Dr. Thompson, I agree. I apologize again for the price you paid for my dishonesty. Dr. Wakefield, I forgive you completely and without any bitterness. Dr. Thompson, I know you mean it and I'm grateful to know you more personally. It's an amazing exchange. It's an amazing, how is that not on the news? This podcast is brought to you by Logo Creator 7 Software. These days, it's more important than ever to have a good image, especially if you have a small business or you sell stuff online or post on social media. But quality graphics can cost money, and advanced software like Photoshop takes time to learn. That's why I want to tell you about some amazing piece of software called Creator 7. Creator 7 is so easy to use, yet it lets you create super-looking logos, business cards, character mascots, you name it, in minutes. Whatever you create is going to look super cool and impressive. Creator 7 comes with hundreds of ready-made templates. Just click and drag to make changes, and instantly you have really impressive graphics right on your computer. Some clever folks have even ordered the Creator 7 software to start their own logo-making business, creating and selling logos and graphics for a profit. That's how good it is. But you won't believe the price. Creator 7 creates beautiful logos and designs right on your computer and works on either PC or Mac. And right now, it's available at an amazing price. To see it in action, just visit RadioShowLogo.com. That's RadioShowLogo.com. RadioShowLogo.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. 
revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of her supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Well, I just got back from mailing some packages at the post office, which is inside Shoppers Drug Mart. And there are signs and posters and reminders everywhere in Shoppers. Get your flu shot. Get your flu shot. Don't forget to get your flu shot. Commercials on TV and on the radio. Don't forget to get your flu shot. And I'm not going to tell anyone else what to do. If you choose to get the uh, flu shot, then God bless you. But not the Serrett family. No, thank you. I don't need to get jabbed with a needle containing a flu virus cultured inside chicken eggs. Thank you very much. There's a simpler, more effective way, in my opinion. It's called regular and rigorous hand washing. Uh, And that is only my opinion, which apparently I'm allowed to have as of December the 29th. Uh, What time is it? Okay, we're still safe. We're going to talk vaccines for the next 40 minutes or so. I recently read Vaccine Whistleblower. It's a it's a gripping account of four legally recorded phone conversations between Dr. Brian Hooker, a scientist investigating autism and vaccine research, and Dr. William Thompson, a senior scientist in the Vaccine Safety Division at the Centers for Disease Control. Thompson, who uh, incidentally is still employed at the CDC, under the Federal Whistleblower Protection Act, discloses a pattern of data manipulation, fraud, and corruption at the highest levels at the CDC. This is the federal agency in charge of protecting the health of Americans. And vaccine whistleblower, in my mind, nullifies the government's claims that vaccines are safe and effective. And it shows that the government rigged research to cover up the link between vaccines and autism. Scientific truth and the health of American children have been compromised in order to protect the vaccine program and the pharmaceutical industry. The financial cost of the CDC's corruption? Staggering. The human cost? Incalculable. Kevin Barry, Esquire, is the father of three sons, one with regressive autism. After receiving his Juris Doctor from the Hofstra University School of Law, he worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York in the Civil Division. Kevin is currently co-president of the Elizabeth Burt Center for Autism, Law, and Advocacy. He's also the president of First Freedoms, Inc., a nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing the freedom guaranteed by the First Amendment of the Constitution. Kevin is the former president of Generation Rescue. He lives in New York City. Kevin Barry, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm great, Richard. Thanks for having me. I wanted to, before we we get into vaccine whistleblower, I just want to talk a little bit about Dr. Andrew Wakefield with you. Uh, And and for those, I can't imagine uh, that there are too many who don't know about Dr. Wakefield, but uh, there may be some. Uh, Here is a gentleman back in the late 90s who wanted to study a possible link between the MMR vaccine and uh, autism. He was a, um, a gastroenterologist. And my recollection is he wasn't a, a vehement anti-vax a vax, a vaccine person. All he was saying in the study was, hey, maybe we ought to look at this. And he wasn't even advocating that people not take the measles vaccine. He just says, can't they provide it? Can't the vaccine manufacturer provide 
this measles vaccine sort of in a single dose without being married with the the mumps and rubella vaccine. To my recollection, that's all he was saying. And then they virtually ran him out of uh, England and destroyed his career. Yeah, that's right. And then another aspect of that is uh, the paper, the original Lancet paper, it was a case study of, of 12 people. Uh, you know, it wasn't um, a double-blind placebo study, so they, and they never claimed it was. And so when they uh, were saying that Andy's co-author, Wakefield's co-authors on that paper retracted the findings, that's not accurate because there were no findings to retract. They didn't say that, that it was causal. So uh, they made a lot of uh, noise in the U.K., that there was a retraction of a finding, but the finding wasn't there in the first place. So that's 1998, nearly 20 years ago. Uh, right. Then when was was it that Dr. William Thompson, the uh, the CDC uh, scientist for the Vaccine Safety Division, uh, that he came, f- uh, well, we, we learned about him. Was that 2015, thereabouts? Yeah, 2014. 2014. Yeah, but it's um, Dr. Thompson uh, first joined the CDC right around that same time in the late 90s. Um, and w- w- there's, there's some fascinating aspects of where Dr. Thompson and Dr. Wakefield overlap. Uh, among them, the, the MMR studies that Thompson was part of at the CDC, those, that was during the intervening time from when Wakefield's MMR paper happened in the late 90s and the kangaroo court of the omnibus hearings in the United States, which uh, claimed that the vaccines were not related to autism, came out. So it was was in that intervening time where uh, the government was uh, allegedly honestly looking to see if there was a connection between MMR and autism, and they found it. it. That's that's, That's the whole point of this book. They found a connection in their study where they were looking in Atlanta, and they found a a much higher increase in autism in African-American boys who got the MMR vaccine on time. So they went, rather than announce that finding, the uh, government uh, researchers, including Thompson, got together and found ways to uh, diminish and then uh, eliminate that result so they could plausibly say that there w- was no connection. Uh, they had to uh, torture the data to try to make that predetermined result come out. So just set the table uh, for us, if you would, Kevin. Dr. Brian Hooker, uh, he was a scientist who was investigating autism. He had, I believe, a a child with, I don't know if he had regressive autism, uh, but he was investigating this. And how did he meet up with, by telephone, with Dr. William Thompson? Yes, I I think, I don't know all those details, uh, but uh, but. Dr. Hooker, yes, like similar. I have a child with autism also. Yes. And I believe Dr. Hooker's son uh, request, like my son did. And um, uh, I think Dr. Thompson, if I understand correctly, was uh, assigned to uh, Dr. Hooker as uh, like a, f- a Freedom of Information Act liaison at some point. And Brian is very talented in many ways, but he is an extraordinarily tenacious Freedom of Information Act user. So he's um, come up with a lot of it. I think uh, over time, Dr. Thompson admired Dr. Hooker's tenacity from afar, and that's what led to the phone conversations between Dr. Thompson and Dr. Hooker. 
which I believe was were initiated by Dr. Thompson. So, so Dr. Hooker had initiated a FOIA request and... Hundreds of them. Hundreds of them. What specifically yeah. was he looking for? Uh, uh, honest data. Uh, I, I think the, the looking because we, we over time we've learned that we can't trust that uh, the raw data that the CDC scientists get will come out as honest data in the end result paper. So I think it was uh, getting the original results and kind of checking their work. So was, he had the, the the study where they had admitted this this data of these uh, African American children in in Atlanta that had been scrubbed from the from the findings. So presumably, then Dr. Hooker read the the CDC report minus that that data, and I guess alarm uh, flags went up, perhaps, and he, then he initiated the FOIA request. Is that basically how it went down? Yeah, well, I think the, the FOIA request went came first, uh, but but the FOIA requests were coming throughout. Uh, but what, but going through numerous uh, iterations of the data, what what was uh, what Dr. Hooker uh, determined uh, was, and uh, and I, I think Dr. Thompson steered him in this direction a little bit. It's hard to tell from the transcripts, uh, but uh, but I think uh, Dr. Thompson was was hinting that, and that Brian found it was the the major change they made to to hide the the, the result was they made Af- the African American boys. If they made them have a Georgia birth certificate, it made the ratio go down far enough. So, this, again, stay with me on this. It's, it's, a, right. it's a subtle change, but it's yes. important. It's how, it's how they made it go away. With the raw data, race is not something that you need a birth certificate to, to determine. And that was, that was their initial study plan that said race was not, race was just self-reported. Are you white, black, what are you, right? Right. So, uh, I, I suppose some of the children in the study had moved in from other states. Some of the African American boys who were who had autism and the MMR on time came from another state. So if they were if they excluded those people from the study, those boys, then they didn't have uh, the the uh, positive signal for an association. So that they intentionally uh, tortured the data in order to get the result that they wanted. Right. So right. again, the way I think of it, the, another way to look at it is is what would have happened if they had been honest, right? If they had gone with the data and said, hey, we don't know if, if what we found here is, is important. We need to do more research. There might be something to the hypothesis that MMR and autism are related. We found this data from Atlanta where, where the boys had, uh, African-American boys had a higher uh, uh, rate of autism. So, but we don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, there are more African American boys in Atlanta. So let's let's check other cities. Let's let's do five other studies to see if there's something to this. Right. But which is which is what Doctor Wakefield essentially was doing with with his study. That's all he was saying. Let's let's look further. A hundred percent. And and here's where where what's when. when Dr. Thompson um, was uh, was outed. He's not a traditional whistleblower in that he was outed. You know, he didn't he didn't come forward. You know, these tapes were recorded by Dr. Hooker. They were legally recorded. But once it was once Thompson's name was known, here's a text message that he sent to Carmel Wakefield, Dr. Andrew Wakefield's wife. Thompson texted, and, and Dr. Wakefield has this this text. I've seen it. I do believe your husband's career was unjustly damaged. And this study would have supported his scientific opinion. Hopefully, I can help repair it. 
Hmm. So Thompson is texting Wakefield's wife, saying that the study that the, the, the study that was published that had eliminated the data right. would have supported his scientific opinion. How that's, about that? That's it's remarkable. You mentioned Dr. Thompson was uh, an un, unwitting whistleblower uh, that he was outed by Dr. Hooker, uh, but did the uh, the CDC put Dr. Thompson onto Hooker's FOIA request to initially to throw him off the trail or to just just, just to placate him? Uh, was that the original intent? Um, I, I don't know. And, uh, and again, I believe that to be the case. I'd have to check with Brian. I believe that the, the original connection was, was from FOIA. Um, I don't know. I think... I think Dr. Thompson's conscience got to him is, is what happened. And maybe the CDC didn't expect that. That, that could be the surprise. Because, and, and look at it from Dr. Thompson's perspective. So he's working on this study in 2002, 2003. And they, and they hide some data. And they, uh, and, and they hide that Wakefield might have been onto something. But Dr. Thompson doesn't know at that time that Wakefield's going to lose his medical license, that he's going to become a pariah, that the media circus is going to go after him, and that the medical establishment is going to cut off his head and put him on a pike outside the city wall. Right? He doesn't right. know that at the time. Ah, right? interesting. So okay. I'm, I'm sure Dr. Thompson has regrets. And initially, he just he he didn't come out and tell Hooker that the that the data had been fudged, but he sort of hinted at places where Dr. Hooker could look to sort of figure it out on his own. That's my exactly. recollection. Exactly. And, uh, and here's, here's another text. That this one, the first one was from August 20th, 2014. Uh, this is a week later, August 27th, 2014. And, and these are at the tail end of the vaccine whistleblower book that I wrote. Like, uh, cause it's not, it's not, they didn't talk about Andy's work. Uh, directly during during their transcripts, so it's it's like an appendix to the book. Right. But but um, here's uh, Dr. Wakefield starts the conversation to Thompson. It says, "Is your attorney whistle? Is your Mergen Verkamp press release real?" Because that that one the, that press release said that you know Thompson acknowledged that it was him on the on the recordings and and that he would be happy to work with people to determine whether autism and vaccines are related. Right. So Thompson responds, "Yes." Wakefield, thank you. That was the right and honorable thing to do. Dr. Thompson, I agree. I apologize again for the price you paid for my dishonesty. Dr. Wakefield, I forgive you completely and without any bitterness. Dr. Thompson, I know you mean it, and I'm grateful to know you more personally. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's an amazing exchange. It's an amazing, how is that not on the news? So 100%. News, thank you, thank uh, you for covering it. But how's hmm. that not in the news? A hundred percent. The interesting yeah. thing is Dr. William Thompson is still working at the CDC, correct? He's protected under the whistleblower uh, legislation. He is. Uh, and he, um, and I think that's, that's, you know, I think they're like just keep trying to keep him close. You know? And uh, there, there was a, there's one private case that's been pending uh, for, for 16 years that Dr. Thompson was potentially going to testify in. Uh, it's a case in Tennessee. And uh, the CDC last year, uh, uh, President Obama's uh, uh, CDC director, Tom Frieden, uh, declined to make uh, Dr. Thompson available to testify in that case. So hopefully President Trump will 
uh, have a different view if that situation arises again. Just, uh, we, we, we should mention uh, the book Vaccine Whistleblower, exo- Exposing Autism Research Fraud at the CDC. Kevin Berry, my, my guest, and the foreword written by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, we were talking uh, before the the, uh, the interview, and um, Robert Kennedy had met with President Elect Trump, I believe, during the transition, uh, and and it seemed to be the suggestion seemed to be that that Trump would would call for a congressional hearing, uh, in which case, I suppose, Dr. William Thompson and other members of the CDC would have been subpoenaed. Where are we at with that? Do you still talk to, to Bobby Kennedy about that? Uh, yes, from time to time. Uh, it's not like Bobby and I hang out, but, but we're friendly. Uh, here, here's where that, where that stands. Um, it, it's not exactly a congressional hearing. Uh, the president can't make a congressional hearing happen. But what, what it was going to be was a, was a commission, like a, a, an executive branch presidential commission, that uh, that Mr. Kennedy would would have headed uh, would hit, or would still head if it happens, uh, where they would get people from all sides, get immunologists, get toxicologists, get medical people, and um, and and actually take a look at at all the data, take an objective look at the data, the safety data, and the, and the data for harm, which has never really been done, and um, so. That that was what was talked about. That was what I think uh, Bobby Kennedy would be very happy and be the perfect person to lead. Uh, but I, I think that that trail has kind of gone cold. I think they had a couple of meetings about that in the spring, and and I and I, and I don't think anything has really formalized uh, in a positive way in the last few months. And I, I could be wrong about that. I'm not in the inner circle of these, these, um, any phone calls on this, but, uh, I'm pretty sure I would know about it if, if it was, if it was a hot topic, if it was, if it was heating up in a positive way. Right. Well, here's a positive development, uh, particularly if you're a web designer or a web marketer. I want you all to know about Pair Networks. If you're looking for world-class website hosting at a fair price, this is the company I've been talking to you about, Pair Networks. They host hundreds of thousands of websites. And why do I recommend them? Simple. They set the standard for excellence with a technical support staff that is second to none. Their support team responds fast, and they always give straight answers. That's very important to me. Plus, they have top-of-the-line technology. That's why Pair Networks offers total reliability for your website, with a money-back guarantee, I might add. So whether you're a professional web designer, a busy web marketer, or you're just getting a site online, Pair Networks has a web hosting plan that's right for you. Log on and learn more at Pair.com. Let me spell it out for you. P-A-I-R.com. P-A-I-R.com. Pair Networks. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Attorney Kevin Barry is with me here on Conspiracy Unlimited, the author of Vaccine Whistleblower. Uh, we should also point out, uh, Kevin, uh, you mentioned it off the top, but again, you, you uh, are the father of three boys, one of which has regressive autism. Uh, how did that um, how did that manifest? Uh, he, he's about to be 20. Uh, he'll be 20 next week. And uh, when he was one, he could could talk. I come home from work. Hi, Dad. How you doing? Uh, he hosted his first birthday party, and he, and he couldn't speak by the time he was two. And he's still he's still not as as conversational at uh, almost twenty as he was at one, and and that doesn't happen. You know, kids kids aren't they don't self destruct. You know, so something happened to him while he was alive, and and that's what tens of thousands of parents all over the world and in this country and Canada and everywhere have been reporting for years, and we've been told that we're just wrong. We the kids always had autism. We just missed the signs, which is just nonsense. Because uh, if um, if parents in ancient Egypt had that happening to their kids, it would be in hieroglyphics on the wall. You know, the parents right. don't miss when their right. kids can talk, and then they can't. It's impossible to miss, right? So, um, it's I'm wondering when when we're gonna when this is gonna have its Me Too moment. You know, like like the, right. the sexual assault accusers, and now they're being believed. You know, we, we have tens of thousands of parents who uh, are all been saying the same thing for, for decades, and at some point, we're going to be believed. Uh, did your son receive the, the MMR vaccine? Uh, he did, but uh, I, I don't, it's hard to say, like, uh, what exactly got him, because uh, uh, he did have the MMR vaccine and, and chickenpox about two weeks before he started trailing off, but it it's not, it's not like he fell off a cliff. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was more gradual over months. So it, it's hard to say exactly what got him. Which, what got him? But but something environmentally happened to him while he was alive. And the number one suspect for that issue is is vaccines. Like what what do all kids have in common all around the world? You know, like what what does everyone have in common? Not that much. You know, different, there's different air, there's different water, there's different this, there's different that, but the vaccine program is what's universal. And uh, is it uh, now uh, Dr. Wakefield's um, theory, Dr. Uh, William Thompson's theory, that there is, a, there is a causal relationship or there is simply a correlation between the MMR vaccine and autism? Uh, I think that, that I, I would wouldn't want to speak for them. Uh, I think it's um, uh, it, it, again. It, to me, it's hard to say what it is. What I, what I can say with certainty is that the the entire vaccine program, the government only ever looked at two things. They looked at one vaccine, not the whole vaccine program. They looked at just MMR, and they found problems with MMR. They found then that's the Atlanta study. They and Dr. Thompson says they committed fraud on that study. So they also looked at thimerosal, the mercury preservative, uh, which is one of 200, 300 excipients or ingredients in vaccines, and they found problems with that. 
Dr. Thompson says it, it causes five times more ticks uh, in children. The, the, the tick the tick phenomenon is is uh, uh, is um, also three or four times more likely in kids with autism. So there's like one step removed from autism on on the mercury that they looked at. It's it's more direct with the data they hid in the MMR vaccine. So there's there's two things they looked at. They found problems with both. And they didn't even look at all the others. Like mm-hmm. currently, kids get six shots at, at the two-month visit. They get five at the four-month and six more at the six-month. That's it's craziness. Just give me those numbers but, again, Kevin. Six six shots at the two-month visit. Right. Five at the four-month visit, and then six more at the six-month visit. So seventeen so, seventeen vaccines in the space of. Uh, right. <laughs> A year and a half, two years? Uh, six months. It's, oh, it's, it's, oh it's, before there's six months. Yeah. 17. Yeah, and, and it's, um, but also, like, from a parental perspective or any even scientist perspective, uh, to be asked what, if there's a problem after getting that, that, that soup, what's the problem? Was it the third one alone? Was it two with four? Was it six with one? Was it one, five, six? You know, uh, how do you know, how can you tell with, with certainty what, what the problem was when it's, when it's such a, when it's the field is by definition muddy? Right, right. And, and they don't want to acknowledge that there might be a problem, not that there is a problem, but there might be a problem and, and therefore they, they're unwilling to, uh, to investigate. I mean, has, has there ever even been I mean, this is an entirely different you know, topic for another, an, an entirely different show, but has there ever even been a double-blind study on the effectiveness of these vaccines? I mean, that's the, the gold standard, right? The double-blind study. Have they even compared vaccinated populations with unvaccinated populations? Well, there was a recent vaccinated, unvaccinated study, a small one, that, that, that showed significantly um, less uh, chronic illness in the unvaccinated population. That's a study that was done by Dr. Mawson, M-A-W-S-O-N, uh, is from uh, Mississippi. Um, and um, you can find that, that study online, uh, but it only had, it had under 700 people in it, so it was, it was relatively small, but it, it could give clues for future vac-on-vac study. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to answer the, the other part, uh, it, except to say, when, when they say safe and effective, it's just the, the, here's the bait and switch in the vaccine program. When the money's flowing in, uh, it's marketed as safe and effective. But if, but if you're injured, the reason they have liability protection is that by definition, they're unavoidably unsafe. It's like the reason you can't sue the, the companies that right. make it is because it's unavoidably unsafe, but they market it as safe and effective. So yeah, how you is can't the have it both thing? ways. You can't have it both ways. They've had it both ways for 30 years. Hmm. The, and, here's, and here's how they, they get away with that pretty, pretty, pretty simply. And, and, and again, I'm a lawyer, so you, 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 you learn to read, like for, look, look for, for, for phrases you see routinely. And they say safe and effective on a population basis, right? They'll, hmm. they'll always say they'll, it's safe and effective stats, right? But it's unavoidably unsafe for an, for an individual, Right. Right. So right. It's, a, it's the same thing as saying, you know, like airline travel is safer than a car. But nobody tells the people who were in the plane crash that it didn't happen. 
you know, like, even though it's statistically safe, doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't have bad results sometimes. Well, and the other thing is individuals have different tolerance levels, so you have to account right. for that as well. Exactly, exactly. The, there are special courts in the United States, uh, or a special court, set up to adjudicate vaccine injuries. Uh, how does that work exactly? Um, it, it's, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> I guess is the simplest way to put it. But uh, there, there are table injuries. It's a very uh, time-consuming process. I think they've paid out somewhere in the uh, $3.5 billion dollars over the the time the time of its uh, funding but it's actually i'm sure the, the problems are much much bigger than that you know the the latest the surveys were uh have the autism made it one in 36 uh from from a one in ten thousand in the past which is over twenty thousand percent increase in one generation twenty thousand percent increase in autism in a single generation yeah yes my word yeah and that doesn't happen, right? There's there's no there's no there's no such thing as a genetic epidemic. So so here's the and one of the things I wanted to to mention because um, it, it's what's it's happening. Uh, like the vaccine mandates are starting to happen on a large scale. Uh, the first the first one was California two years ago. Yes, and 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 that's that's 39 million people live in California. One in eight Americans are Californians. So that pharma uh, just took down a, a very, very large market. And uh, you can't go to public school unless you get the 10 vaccines that they're forcing parents to, to, to choose. And they're eliminating, uh, they're they're eliminating the religious uh, exemption, correct? They, they eliminated the religious exemption. They're only offering medical exemptions and license, and doctors are licensed by the state, so they can put pressure, and they are putting pressure on doctors to not offer medical exemptions. So they're really, they're really forcing um, uh, parents to. They're coercing, I guess is the is the word better than forcing, because your choice is either homeschool, leave the state, or do what you're told on the vac- on vaccination. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. And there are now G- GPs. There was uh, one uh, case here in Ontario 
where a a doctor sent notice to her patients, if you do not, if you refuse a vaccine, I will no longer treat you as a patient or your children. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's that's horrible, but I think um, what what it what that would do for me would be uh, an indication to get a new doctor. You know, mm-hmm. if your if your doctor is that concerned about managing their inventory of their products rather than their, the health of their patients, you're at the wrong doctor. Because, and I, I've had that conversation with doctors in the states where uh, where my sons go. I said, like, hey, we're, we're never going to get the flu shot. Like every year, they're saying, oh, do you guys get the flu shot? And I'm like, no, just just write down the Barry boys will never be getting a flu shot ever. Right, but I don't want my doctor to buy a shot that they can't use. Right, that from a business perspective. So just like take a survey from your from your patients. If you have two hundred patients and a hundred of them don't want it, only order a hundred. Don't order a hundred that you're not going to use, and they get pissed off about it. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so, but the idea that that doctors are that most doctors, pediatricians, or what they do is give out vaccines and antibiotics. That's all they do. And, and the, the, the elephant in the room, uh, Kevin, is that they get wined and dined uh, by drug companies. They get flown uh, to um, conferences to speak uh, at conferences sponsored by drug companies. Uh, and yet no one is calling them on this obvious conflict of interest. Right. Right. What's... Right. And, I'm sorry, there's one other thing I wanted yes. to throw out in there. Because, like, the, on the, on the, from the human rights perspective, there's a the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights. It's uh, it was uh, from twenty uh, sorry, 2005. Uh, 193 countries unanimously agreed to this. Uh, here are the principles uh, under under human dignity and human rights. This is Article Three. It says human dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms are to be fully respected. That's Point one. Point two, which is the key one for our purposes, the interests and welfare of the individual should have priority over the sole interest of science or society. Mm. So, so any, if we're saying, I mean, drink that in, that's, that's, that's an enormous statement that the individual takes precedence over society. And that's the way it should be. Right. That's the bioethics principle, because... When society takes over, you get really, really bad results sometimes. You know, you get policies like one child in China. You get atrocities that, that happened in the 30s and 40s. Right. That's the Malthusian uh, yeah. philosophy. Uh, Absolutely. And the, the lie of, you know, the group. There's no such thing as a group. There's no such thing Absolutely. as a, There's no such thing as a forest. There are trees. There are individuals. I'm actually... Uh, surprised that uh, something like that would come out of the United Nations. I mean, truth be told, I'm not a big fan of uh, international type organizations like that. That's something I would have thought would be, you know, should be enshrined in the Constitution. Yeah, it is similar to the Constitution. Like, to me, that's the same thing as like the pursuit of happiness, the life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Like, if you can't decide what goes under your skin, you know, what, what, what's liberty? Right. You know, what's right. liberty? What's life? Like, what's pursuit of happiness? You know, if, if you can't decide what goes under your skin and a parent can't decide what goes under its child, the child's skin and, and a private company gets the benefit from that, that's craziness. But but the way it's perceived in media and in state houses, and I, I've lobbied in Washington, I've numerous state capitals and at the UN, 
and and they don't know this. The policymakers do not know what the bioethics and human rights standards are. They think like this, the, the the pharma has done a great job of like making anti-vaxxer a curse word, right? Anti-vaxxer means you're 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 like a luddite. Yes, uh, you're a complete. Yeah, no, and right. not only that, you're not only are you a complete kook, uh, but right. you're endangering the lives of other parents' children. Right, which is nuts. And and again, to, to me, the whole herd immunity theory uh, can be boiled down to this: is it's it's our product doesn't work, therefore it's mandatory. <laughs> right? It's it's like your pertussis vaccine won't work unless I take it. That's the argument. There's no other industry that gets to make that argument. Where is it headed? Uh, are we going to see uh, uh, children being vaccinated? Uh, you know, under under the uh, the watchful eye of the uh, you know the local constabulary, are they gonna are they gonna haul parents into a court with their children and and vax them right there on the spot? Where is it going? Well, we gotta stop. I'm, I'm working on stopping that now. Um, we we, have, we just I think we have to educate policymakers on what what the human rights and bioethics standards are, because like I started to say earlier, the California they took down 40 million people with California. Uh, in the last year, uh, Italy, the country of Italy, just just passed uh, a vaccine mandate for for schools for themselves, and that's 60 million. And France just passed it. That's 60 million people. France just passed it uh, for themselves, and that's 65 million people. So let me just read from that same UN document, Human Rights and Bioethics, uh, from 2005. Their consent line. Right. This is consent. Any preventative, that's a vaccine, any preventative diagnostic and therapeutic medical intervention is only to be carried out with the prior free and informed consent of the person concerned based on adequate information. The consent should, where appropriate, be expressed and may be withdrawn by the person concerned at any time and for, for any reason without disadvantage or prejudice. Hmm. Now... Is not, not being able to go to public school is a clear disadvantage. Right, right. Maybe, being maybe fired by your pediatrician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's prejudice. 100%. Yeah. And the disadvantage. I mean, it's, and it's clear as day and it's unanimous. And it's not, it's not from, from 1605, it's from 2005. 193 countries. So, so if you don't want to get, and, and this is the other thing that's a little crazy. Like in California, you were listed as unvaccinated if you weren't fully vaccinated. So if you got eight of the 10 shots that, that they wanted, but you didn't think you needed to have B, because uh, it's a silly one to get. Right. Uh, you're, un, you're, un, not, you're listed as unvaccinated. Or the, know, Gardasil, the, the Gardasil vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. So again, uh, that's, where, that's where I do think it's going. So I, I'm working on, um, it'll be out, I think I'm going to send it on Christmas or the day after Christmas. I'm the president of a nonprofit called First Freedoms Inc. And uh, I'm, I'm filing a human rights complaint against Italy. Uh, I'm doing them first and then France second and then the United States based on what happened in California third. So I think I'll have those all done within the next month. And uh, and hopefully that will start the pushback. Uh, and uh, any individual can do it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'll make mine public and then hopefully others will uh, join in and, and, and do the same, and we can 
we can if we can't reverse what happened in, in Italy and, and France and California, uh, at least we can use it to educate the other 200 countries in the world. Is not something they should do, or if they are doing it, just acknowledge that you're violating human rights and throwing bioethics out the window. You know, 60 years ago, there were doctors that were, for example, recommending that you smoke menthol cigarettes if you had a sore throat. Uh, do you think in 50 years we'll look back uh, the way we do look back at doctors now who actually, you know, recommended one brand of cigarettes over another? Will we look at doctors that promote vaccines in the same light, do you think? I think we'll I think we'll look back at and and wonder about the cowardice. Uh, wonder about about the and the lack of curiosity. Like, I, I think I have friends who are pediatricians who I went to college with, and uh, like they'll they'll talk about it privately with me, but not in public. Uh, they they all know that not every medical procedure is magically delicious, mm. but but. Um, uh, uh, it's almost like a, a thin, thin blue line, like the, the, the public health priority, the number one public health priority is keeping vaccine rates as high as they can. And they, they kind of won't listen to anything else. It's, a, it's, a, it's an orthodoxy, uh, it's not, which is not science, but it's, a, it's very, very close to religion. So like their, their belief is that the higher the vaccine rate, the better it is for everyone. And if you've got to break a few eggs, you know, to make an omelet, you break a few eggs. Right. You mentioned the flu vaccine earlier. I was trying to remember the name of the, uh, the, the doctor. This was a study in the British Medical Journal. It was, doc- it was uh, John Rappaport who drew this to my attention. Uh, and in the British Medical Journal, this, this uh, doctor is trying to explain why the flu vaccine is not effective. Uh, and uh, one of the problems is when it's um, that it's mutating uh, when it's when it's cultured in the uh, in the uh, the chicken eggs. Uh, and the other problem is this to me was a real stunner. The other problem is that most people they that that uh, are hospitalized for the flu don't even have the flu virus. And so a vaccine, a vaccine can't be effective against people who have the flu because most people don't have the flu virus. Wrap your head around right. that. Right. Well, well, well uh, uh, that's craziness. But the, the other, the other thing that that is always bothering me is if if you're making a drug and you call it a vaccine, you have uh, it's it's kind of like pure profit. You have no sales force. The sales force for most of them is the school nurse. Mm. The sales force for flu vaccines is, is CVS. You, you, whatever revenue is generated, there's no chance. You have no legal bills to pay. Uh, if, if there's anything happens in vaccine court, that's the the federal government represents the pharmaceutical companies against the injured person. So the the, in, the injured family is against the Department of Justice. Not, not, not anyone paid for by the pharmaceutical companies. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So they have no marketing. They have no sales force. They have no liability. They have no legal fees. Right. It's, it's. So they, they can injure as many people as they, as, as required. Call everyone who says they're injured nuts, and just keep banking. It's craziness. So I do think it's going to. When people look back on this time, it's going to be one of those things, and and it's uh, and I, I get into it in the book a little bit, you know, about censorship. You know, the, the media censorship is uh, is extraordinary. 
Uh, Pharma is the number one um, advertiser in print and tele- television media. So the, they won't. They, the the major networks will not cover anti-vaccine stories uh, because it's, it would upset their best customer. Right. Well, here's the other irony. If you look at the all of the the leading peer-reviewed journal, Lancet, the British Medical Journal, the New England Journal of Medicine, flip through those. It's all pharmaceutical ads. Talk about another right. again a conflict of interest. Uh, right. I, I, I wanted to. I, I found the article uh, that I wanted to share with you. Uh, and this was uh, John Rappaport. It's uh, mm-hmm. a, a blog called The Great Flu Vaccine Hoax, New Evidence. This is from November of t- 2017. And uh, it is um, uh, Dr. Peter Doshi or Doshi, D-O-S-H-I, yes. mm-hmm. again, writing in the online BMG British Medical Journal. He states every year, this is Dr. Doshi, hundreds of thousands of respiratory samples are taken from flu patients in the U.S. and tested in labs. And here's the kicker. Only a small percentage of these samples show the presence of a flu virus. This means most of the people in America who are diagnosed by doctors with the flu have no flu virus in their bodies. So they don't have the flu. Therefore, if you assume the flu vaccine is useful and safe, it couldn't possibly prevent all those flu cases because they're not flu cases. The vaccine couldn't possibly work. Right. No, that makes, makes uh, perfect sense. So, uh, you mentioned that you're going to be um, uh, taking Italy and uh, France and the United States eventually uh, yeah. before the human rights a human rights tribunal. Is that how it, how it will work? Yes. Well, it's. Um uh, well, it's never, this has never been tried before, but it, there's, a, there's a body in, in Paris that uh, is supposed to mediate these type of things. Uh, usually human rights abuses are, are, are not, like, uh, it's, it's almost like you, you, if, if I witnessed uh, some kind of genocidal thing, I can alert this panel in France and they'll look into it, right? Right. So uh, this is... Uh, uh, a novel use of that concept where I'm I read an or I'm in I'm a citizen I'm in the United States I read this article about what happened in Italy uh here's here's the bioethics and human rights violations standards that they're violating would you please call members of the Italian parliament uh to like a mediation thing and uh make sure that they know that they're violating their citizens human rights and bioethics uh, and just call them to account on it right and I don't know if the Parisian board's going to do that. I hope they will. Uh, I'm going to bang the pots and pans as loud as I can, and, and hopefully thousands of others will do it as well. Well, and short of that, <laughs> I guess the, the next best hope is is for President Trump uh, or someone in Congress. Uh, you mentioned the president can't, can't uh, force Congress to hold hearings, but if we can get uh, Dr. William Thompson subpoenaed or someone else from the CDC. That's the other problem. This revolving door between the seat, who's ever heading the CDC, uh, they, then they're the head of a drug company. Then they're, you know, it's, it's the back and forth is, is remarkable. Um, but I, I would, I've kind of, yeah, I personally have kind of given up on Congress. Uh, it, it's, it's hopelessly corrupt. Uh, and whoever you'd have to get a chairman of a committee to, to hold a hearing like this. And um, Congress, congressmen in the House get um, elected every two years. So if, if some 
chairman of a committee had a hearing on this and brought Thompson in on this, they'd be inviting pharmaceutical interests to spend millions at their uh, against their campaign the next time around. So they're they're. Uh, I, I just think Congress is hopefully corrupt. The executive branch go- going with the presidential commission is a much much more promising way to go. All right. Especially since President Trump has uh, already articulated uh, concerns about uh, vaccination and autism being related. Do we know whether his son Barron has autism? It has, it has been uh, hinted. Yeah, I, I don't know that at all. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone in their family. Well, uh, good luck to you, uh, Kevin, on all these fronts, and uh, yeah. this may be our our last best hope in this regard. And, uh, Thank you again for having me on. And let me just read through one quick. Uh, 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 while we were talking, I, I called up the uh, the vaccinated unvaccinated study that we discussed earlier. Yes. Uh, and so here's here's some of the details about chronic illness. Um, a three point seven fold higher uh, neuro neurodevelopmental disorders, which includes learning disability, ADHD, and ASD. Four point two fold increase in autism spectrum, 4%, four, four times increase in ADHD, 5.2 increase in learning disabilities, 30.1 fold increase in aller, allergic rhinitis, mm-hmm. uh, 2.9 fold increase in eczema. Uh, yeah, so th- that, those are all... Th- th- this was the small study comparing a vaccinated population with an unvaccinated population. That, that's right. There was a... Um, Yes. Uh, it was published in Frontiers in Public Health, uh, I think, in February. Well, thank you for that. Again, the book is Vaccine Whistleblower, and uh, that's Exposing Autism Research Fraud at the CDC with a foreword by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Kevin, again, thank you so much, and good luck to you. Thank you. Kevin Barry. Well, New Year's Eve just two days away, and I have to rush out by some champagne and party favors. The mighty Aphrodite and I and the twins will enjoy a nice, quiet New Year's Eve here at home. We usually count down to 10 p.m., and then we're fast asleep by midnight. Sad? No, not at all. We like to start the new year well-rested. We'll get up early Jan 1st and enjoy a nice, brisk family walk as the sun is dawning on the new year. Hey, I'll be back in a second with a few programming notes. But first, have you heard about this free guide you can download? It contains a list of online power tools to make you more efficient, secure, even boost your income. And best of all, this online toolbox guide is absolutely free. How do you get it? Well, it's simple. Visit freebusinesstoolbox.com and grab your copy while they last. This guide has some of the very same online tools that successful business owners use every day, and each one is highly recommended. I know, there are a lot of websites out there that will offer a special giveaway like this, but then they want to stick you into a recurring program or some other deal. Very annoying. But this isn't like that. There's no hidden thing to try. No credit card needed. No cost whatsoever. Brightbiz is literally giving away this online toolbox guide completely free as a means of putting their best foot forward. But this is a limited time offer. So grab your free guide today and take your business and your income to the next level. Visit freebusinesstoolbox.com and get your free guide to 36 online power tools. That address again, freebusinesstoolbox.com. Well, Conspiracy Unlimited is going to take a very brief holiday. I will be back with brand new episodes starting Friday, January the 5th, 2018. 
Happy New Year. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.